0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by PlayMGM. I am your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. With me today is my very good friend who, if you play fantasy football, you already know and love, Mike Taglier. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL Tags.
1: How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I I don't think that you realize just how much of a degenerate you are uh, until you sit down and you stalk Beat Writer's Twitter reports because, like, uh, I'm playing preseason DFS tonight and... uh Yeah, so I've become a stalker of beat writers. (laughs) Yeah, preseason is always sort of the toughest thing to do, right? And
0: that's where you have to pay, frankly, the most attention because you have no idea who's actually going to play, what the team's plan is going to be doing. But uh, it's a busy day. uh, We're recording this uh, on Wednesday. No, sorry, it's Thursday, right? Yep. What day is it? Good Lord. We're recording this on Thursday night, so uh, there's a lot of preseason action to come. So I'm glad you're going to be involved. But really, Tags, I don't want to talk about that. This is what I want to talk about. Tags. You are married, of course, to a lovely Mm -hmm. lady. You have two beautiful children, and you work full-time as a fantasy football analyst. But I need to ask, where do you think being on the inaugural episode of the Betting Pros podcast ranks in terms of great moments in your life? Now, I assume, like me, your wife doesn't listen to your podcast and stuff, right? So you can be on it. This is, what, top three-ish? I mean, it might be the
1: top three thing that happened today.
0: Ugh. This is so disappointing. (laughs) I I mean, I, you know, I'm going to get in touch with our producers because I really wanted you for the first episode, but it's clearly a mistake. I want you to know, Tags, that (laughs) obviously there was a disparity here because for me, this is actually the sixth best moment of my life. And I'm going to I'm going to give you the few that it's behind. Okay, number one, the first time I tried a Shake Shack Burger. Okay, because that was Mm -hmm. for me pretty life changing. Number two, the time Chad Pennington told me that I had great hair. Um, that really, I have lived on that for several years at this point. Number three, the time that the lady at Coldstone Creamery said that I could just reuse the buy one, get one coupon every day for the next three days until <laughs> the coupon expired. Huh. um number four the time that marshawn lynch did that insane run in week 16 against the cardinals at the end of the game mm-hmm. and that capped off my most dramatic fantasy win of all time do you remember that one? one oh Where, I do. like chris collinsworth is literally just laughing at the time <laughs> that he was. my avatar for my fantasy leagues have literally just been marshawn lynch jumping backward into the end zone making a pretty inappropriate gesture but yeah. I, I think it's fine and number five was the day that i learned that normal shoe companies now make like the large clown shoes that I wear that were like extra wide so I didn't have to order like plain white orthopedic shoes online to fit my gigantic feet. So this slots in right at number six. Um, It's a little disappointing to hear how little you value our interaction here. But I got to be honest, there's a lot of pressure on you here because this is very meaningful to me. So you're going to have to deliver today. Are you okay with that?
1: Well, we are the two best friends that anyone can have. I mean, uh, if Bobby's listening, that includes you. Bobby, that includes you. We are the two best friends. You would be the third best friend.
0: That's true. And we were actually singing that offline before uh, I started recording. Absolutely true. So today we're going to be talking about some NFC over-under win totals, each giving a few of our favorite bets for the upcoming season. Now, I am excited for this inaugural show, as I just said, and for much of the preseason, this is what we're going to be doing on this podcast, talking about some of our best bets for the season. But for our next show, we're actually going to take a quick step back and give you kind of a primer on the landscape of sports betting. Because most of you probably think that, well, sports betting is legal, so that regardless of your state, you can just Google bet on sports and place a bet on whatever website pops up. But that's not the case. Whether you can go out and place a bet in any state, and if so, how you can actually do that, is going to depend on where things stand in your particular state. So we're going to get into all of that and more with Dustin Gawker, a guy who knows more about the sports betting landscape than anyone I know. But here's the thing, and I'm going to fill you in on this a little bit before the show starts, is that New Jersey, which spearheaded the litigation that eventually led to taking down the federal ban on sports betting, is already up and running. You heard at the top of the show that I mentioned that we are brought to you by Play MGM, and you don't need me to tell you about MGM's incredible casinos or the entertainment that they offer. But if you're in New Jersey and you're wondering where to bet on sports, you really don't need to look any further. Just download the Play MGM Sports app. Just go to your app store, type that in, and you're going to see it right there. With the MGM Sports app, you can bet on pretty much any sport you want. That includes college football, baseball, and of course, the NFL. They're going to be offering point spreads and money lines and odd boosts, futures and props, in-play wagering, and a ton more. It's super easy to deposit and withdraw your money, and you can do that anywhere. To be clear, you just have to be in New Jersey to actually place your bet. But this is the best part. When you download that app, use the promo code Harris. That is my last name and also the first part of Harrison Ford's first name. So it's like basically impossible to forget. Just use the promo code Harris when you sign up and when you do, you get to play your first bet risk free. That is not a joke. If you use the Harris promo code and your first wager is $25 or more and you lose, PlayMGM is going to refund your wager of up to $100. I just want to make sure that is clear to you guys because I legitimately had to double-check it. Your first wager of at least $25 is a freebie. If you lose, they're going to refund your wager up to $100. So just download the PlayMGM app, use the promo code HARRIS, and head to New Jersey to place your first wager. So Tags, the first thing I want to do is talk a little bit because you obviously are a fantasy analyst. I want to talk a little bit about how sports gambling impacts you as a fantasy analyst generally so why don't you you know because i read your primer every week which everybody should be doing and i know you talk about things like implied total so i just want to know generally how you know the lines that vegas or any sportsbook sets kind of impacts how you think about fantasy
1: yeah it's a really good question dan uh this this is something that legitimately kept me up at night and i'm not i'm not like kidding around i'm not just saying that like is like is like a saying i've literally woken up at 3 a.m sometimes when like an idea strikes me and it's like i get up to research it and this was one of those things i wanted to know the average amount of fantasy points scored in an average NFL game uh, and then I wanted to break that apart into averages based on the over under uh, that was set for the game I had never I've never released that release uh, research that I did because I didn't want I wanted to like fine-tune it and get a bigger sample size but it definitely has an effect on fantasy output as you would expect and it's definitely a curve so like as a sample in the 21 games when the when the total was in between 52 and 53 and a half points that game netted on both sides of the ball 179 fantasy points by comparison if we drop that down 10 points to 42 to 43 and a half a point spread it or it actually averaged 138.5 fantasy points so you're talking about a difference of like four, uh, 40 fantasy points just over 40 fantasy points just because the game's over under was up 10 points and we're not talking like the over under was 60 Vegas has this locked down to the point where it's like the odds makers, they set these lines, they know exactly what they're expecting. And most of the time, it's going to pan out to where if you're ever torn between, you know, two players, you should definitely use the over-under to help you decide that, particularly in DFS, because as we've seen, you know, in this research that I've done, that small sample size is that it does affect fantasy football. And if you, and again, if you're torn, choose the player that's got the higher over-under in his game.
0: Yeah that that's a really great point and and frankly that research i mean that was a kind of a shocking number uh how large it was just the difference that can be done and In terms of just like by the week, do you think uh, that fantasy players can in any way gain any advantage generally by paying attention sort of to to sports gambling? I mean, you know, there there are, you know, you mentioned the lines that Vegas sets and and Mm -hmm. those, you know, they they know more about football, basically, and how to set those lines and, and where they go than anybody else in the world. But in the end, you know, the lines move, you know, during the week and stuff like that. Does any of that impact you essentially as a fantasy analyst or a fantasy player?
1: Yes, absolutely. And you have to like it's all about correlation and you have to find those things that correlate like line movement itself can identify opportunity with running backs. Because you do not want to tie yourself to many running backs who are double-digit underdogs. Like if you're if, if you're if you're playing DFS for the week and you're like, wow, why is this guy forty-three hundred dollars? I should probably play him. And then you realize that he's a twelve-point underdog. The correlation with that is terrible uh, in terms of like four running backs. On the flip side, if you have a team that's sitting there as a favorite by two and a half points, and then you see the line shift and all of a sudden it's up to five and a half points, the running back on the big favorite should be bumped up in your rankings a little bit, and you should be more you know open to playing that guy.
0: Yeah, that those are great points. And I've been doing that now for a couple of years. And it really, really does make a difference, especially in uh, DFS. So the bottom line is, even if you are just sort of even if it's not necessarily legal in your state, at this point, although I'm sure it will be soon to bet on sports, paying attention necessarily to uh, Vegas lines and the way things are moving in particular can really give you an edge, both in your season long leagues and in DFS. Um, so why don't we then get into the bulk of the show now? Um, we decided to go with the NFC because, you know, I've Tags is a Bears fan, as everybody pretty much knows. And so I, I assume that he's got relatively strong opinions on, on some of the teams. So Tags, why don't we do this? Why don't you start and give me what you think your best over or under is for the NFC?
1: oh my best one i would say that i have detroit under six and a half wins um that's the over under on their win total six and a half so it's basically if if you think they're gonna be seven and nine you're gonna take the over if you think they're gonna have six wins or less you're gonna take the under Obviously, there's no push in this situation. Seventy-one um, percent of experts actually agree with me on this one, so it's not like you know. I know there's going to be some people out there listening saying, "Oh, well, he's a Bears fan." I am a hundred percent. I leave those take. I leave my fandom outside my job. Uh, but Detroit, you know, when you look at the division, you see that the Bears are are projected to win nine or ten games. You look at Green Bay; they're projected to win nine or ten games. Minnesota, the same exact thing. So, where is Detroit getting their free wins? You know, the NFC as a as a conference has turned like brutal. Like in terms of like sheer top end talent, I would say that the NFC is a tougher conference now. And Detroit under Matt Patricia, unfortunately, the, you have to be one of two things as a head coach if you wanna if you wanna be you know a, a nine and seven team or whatever that is uh, like just like a winning coach you have to either be a an offensive mind that your offense is so good to overcome some defensive struggles because to be fair I'd rather have an offensive minded coach because the NFL is is going that way they want that you know it's like the chicks dig the long ball it's just like chicks dig touchdowns that's basically where we're at now and. Detroit, they really don't have that. And now they're talking about running the ball a whole lot more. Matt Patricia is not an elite defensive coach. You know, like, if you have someone like Pete Carroll, who continually puts out the best team on the field, that's an elite coach in terms of, I mean, he may not be an offensive mind, but he, his defense comes out to play every single week. We didn't see that out of Detroit last year. I don't think they have the talent on the roster. And again, they play in probably the toughest division in football. So to say that they'd win seven games, I think that's a stretch. So I, I'd say Detroit was more like a 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 team.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. And as we'll get to with some of my picks, I'm certainly more uh, bullish on some of the other teams in the North. Um, But I do want to point something out because you you brought up a good point, which kind of leads me sort of to to what I wanted to talk about here, which is you mentioned that 71% of experts are with you on the under. And just to be clear, that number comes from bettingpros.com, which, by the way, if you love fantasy pros, you're really going to love betting pros because it does a lot of the same things. Part of what it does is it pulls together expert picks from across various platforms. It rates the advice, and it then turns it into consensus picks. So at Betting Pros, for example, you can get consensus picks from over 150 experts, either for over-unders or against the spread. You can see accuracy ratings for everyone who's submitting picks. You can compare expert picks for any game you want. And you can see consensus odds across sportsbooks to make it easy to compare the various odds that are out there. We're going with six and a half, as you saw, for the over-under for the Lions wins. And that is the consensus over-under. Now it lists a bunch of different sports books and Frank, they're all happened to be at six and a half, but that's another thing that you're gonna be able to see at bettingpros.com. So if you go into bettingpros.com and you go and you look at what the over-unders are for the season and you click on analysis under betting pros, you'll see 71% of experts have the under including tags, which you can see right there. um, And only 29% have the over. So that is one of the things that we're going to be doing um, at the site. Now, sticking with the North, one of the ones I have now, I'm not, let's just say this, I don't expect to lose this bet. With This is the Vikings over nine wins. And the thing is, I, 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 nine wins to me feels very safe. Um, And so I'm looking at this as the worst case scenario as sort of a push. You can't push with the Lions. They're six and a half, obviously. You're going to win or you're going to lose. With the Vikings at nine, I feel relatively confident at this point that they're going to make at least nine, but I feel pretty good about them getting to 10, possibly 11. They brought in Gary Kubiak, who... I don't even know what his exact job title is at this point. Quarterback, whisperer, whatever it is, is an offensive advisor. Mm-hmm. But he's basically like a guarantee to have a top 10 offense. And he emphasizes play-action-pass, and I really think that that's going to benefit Kirk Cousins. So I do expect the offense, which really sort of struggled later on down the stretch, to be better. And the team drafted Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State. To me, that really, really bulks up their offensive line. And best of all, he is familiar with the zone-blocking scheme that Kubiak likes to implement. You know? and I think Dalvin Cook as well he's familiar with the zone blocking scheme so he's going to be back healthy I'm really excited about it and the defense which was you know I, I'll say maybe not elite but definitely above average is largely intact so sort of for the same reasons that you do not like the Lions in the end I kind of think that the Vikings are probably going to win both their games against the Lions to start and I really expect them To have a strong season this year.
1: Yeah, I mean the Vikings are a team that that underachieved last year for for sure, and I I think that we they've always had that elite defense. You know, that's one of those teams where it's like Mike Zimmer's coached that great defense, and once Pat Shermer left, you kind of just felt like okay, the talent is there. You know, they brought in Cousins, and the offense is going to be competent enough to get into the playoffs, and they fell apart. Uh, Cousins, you know, was really up and down in his performances, but. You know, year two in that offense, you know, uh, upgrading the offensive line. You know, the defense won't be on the field, hopefully, as much if they can run the ball with Dalvin Cook. If he can stay healthy, I think nine wins is right. It's it's about right uh, for them. Again, they play in this tough division, tough conference. But if they get everything together and if Kubiak, if they do pick up that offense, I could see 10 wins out of this team. It's just it's really tough to do that in the NFC now. And which kind of like, it's like a good segue to My next team that I would have as under is 10.5. The the New Orleans Saints, 10.5 wins. I'm going to go under that. Um, the Saints are, are, a, are a good roster, but their their defense is a little suspect, okay? Sean Payton's always been an elite play caller. We know that that offense is going to show up. Losing Mark Ingram, probably not going to lose anything in that offense. Replacing him with Latavius Murray, um, losing their starting center, that's not ideal on the offensive line. That's going to downgrade that a little bit, but it's not so much about the offense. This is more about the inconsistency on defense, and particularly in their secondary. Outside of uh, Actually, I should say Mar- Marcus Lattimore took a step back last year. And then they traded for Eli Apple, who he's just a mediocre guy. I just feel like that defense, I know they've added a few pieces to it, is a little too inconsistent for them to to for you to say, Oh, I'm I'm guaranteed I'm I'm gonna say they're gonna win eleven games, they're gonna go eleven and five. Atlanta is a really good football team. Tampa Bay is now coached by Bruce Arians. I would, I would assume that Arians in division is going to win one of those games against them. Breeze, when he plays outdoors, again, maybe that game is at Tampa Bay. Uh, when he plays outdoors, he's not as good. Carolina is always competitive under Ron Rivera. So to win 11 games, I don't see how anybody could take the over uh, on New Orleans. I would have set that line at 10 and made someone pick. You know, are you going to say, are you willing to, to lay that rake in order to, to bet New Orleans? But the 10 and a half is just too high.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, this is going to be a little overly simplistic, but, you know, eventually, I, I just, it, it's really hard to bet on 11 games when Breeze is, what, 40 years old yeah. at this point? I mean, I love the guy, um, but, you know, it's father time is undefeated unless, you know, your name is Tom Brady, essentially. So, at some point, the ride is going to end, and that is just such a huge number. And I know you know that they can they can put up a thirteen and three season really any year. But you're right, you know the Panthers I I like a lot. I, I may talk about them if we get there. Um, you know, and again, yeah, Bruce Arians certainly making the Bucks better. So I, I'm definitely a little worried about the Saints right now. I would also go under with that. I, I don't think it's one of my best bets necessarily, but it, it is something where when I choose it, when I put it on the site, I am going to be going under ten and a half. Um, for me, my second is the Giants under five and a half wins. Now that is a really, really low total, but I cannot see any scenario where this team even remotely succeeds. The best thing I can say about them in terms of basically having that bet lose is that they get to face the Redskins twice. That That's really it. And they obviously don't have Beckham anymore. Golden Tate is suspended. Sterling Shepard is dealing with his broken thumb. Corey Coleman's out for the season. I mean, I love Saquon Barkley. I love Evan Ingram. But I mean, come on. And on the defense, I mean, maybe Lorenzo Carter is going to emerge, you know, maybe Marcus Golden's going to get back to it, but it's certainly not overly impressive. The offensive line has absolutely no depth. I mean, Nate Solder and Mike Remmers are probably, they're already battling injury. I don't even know if they're going to play in the preseason. If they have an injury there, they're really going to struggle. And the only thing that makes me even remotely think about this bet for me is that their schedule they certainly have winnable games they've got the two against the Redskins as I said they're home against Buffalo they're home against the Cardinals they're at the Jets which obviously is not an actual away game they're home against Miami so there are some winnable games out there but for me betting against David Gettleman is a pretty good bet and I feel just, I mean, six wins, it's not a big number, but for me, even them getting there, it, it it feels like almost everything needs to break right.
1: I would tend to agree with you. I don't see a strong point in this team at all outside of Saquon Barkley. Like that defense is decimated. Um, their cornerback depth chart is a joke. Uh, they have two new safeties. Safeties are kind of like an offensive line to me where it's like the continuity, the communication between those guys uh, to have continuity there. It means a lot. And, you know, when you have two new safeties or even if you replace one, it's they're playing as a new group. And uh, there can be miscommunications over the top. And uh, yeah, I I am with you on this one. I actually had the Giants there. They weren't they were they would have been my like number four pick um, among the NFC teams. But I am definitely with you on that one.
0: I mean, it's just, you know, literally As good as Saquon is, how, you know, how is he ever not going to see a completely stacked box? How is he ever not going to have a spy on him no matter what happens? They have no weapons out there other than Ingram. It's really just something where it's really hard to see a scenario where they get to even six wins. And again, that's a low total a really Mm. really low total it's five and a half I mean six wins is nothing you can kind of fall into it but you know this team is almost kind of historically bad in, in the way that I look at it so that's certainly one of my strong ones how about you what's number three for you
1: yeah number three is Philadelphia um and again this is it's really tough to say that a team's gonna win double digit games but Philadelphia the line at nine and a half I like it because nine and seven is what they went last year they legitimately were down like four of their five top cornerbacks at one point in the season uh they lost Carson Wentz you know they had some injuries to the wide receivers there were so many things that anything that could have went wrong essentially for the Eagles last year did go wrong and they still went nine and seven Doug Peterson has proven that he's a phenomenal coach he has his team well prepared next man up on the depth chart okay you're going to step in you're going to do this and and they do it but they've upgraded their roster they're actually they're going to walk in healthy they have Miles Sanders now who's a true three down back they don't have to necessarily rotate and be predictive with their running backs Carson Wentz seems to be like fully healthy adding Deshaun Jackson is massive. For that offense, he may not be the best fantasy player uh, this year, but in terms of, from a real football standpoint, Deshaun Jackson changes the way that you approach an offense. And if he's able to stretch the field and pull a safety his way, that means Alshon Jeffrey is going to be in man coverage. Nelson Aguilar is back in the slot where he belongs. You know they tried pushing him outside when they traded for Golden Tate last year. The Eagles just tried doing everything that they possibly could last year, and they just they came up short. And they made it a lot further than a lot of other teams would have. But knowing that Dallas is probably going to be without Ezekiel Elliott, it seems, right now, knowing that you know the, the Giants, as we just talked about, not a good football team. The Washington Redskins are a terrible football team as well. Uh, it seems like they're going to be starting Colt McCoy. We've, we've seen this story before. So I think the Eagles, I would take the over, and I was surprised to see that 71% of experts agree with me on that one. You were surprised to see that? I, I was just because it's, it, it is really tough to predict 10 wins
0: for a team. I, I know, but Tex, ba- they basically got four in the bank, right? I mean, you know, you can't say that about most teams, like you said, with Washington and with the Giants, right? I mean, can you really, realistically, can you see any scenario absent catastrophic injury where they, le- where they lose any of those games, those four games?
1: i i would like to say no i mean i'm it's sure impossible. there's probably one because there's always that one that you're just like how'd that get away but division like games, when the
0: bills when the bills beat the vikings or like year, when the like dolphins Sunday, beat the patriots right. or the
1: dolphins right. beat the bears yeah that yeah. was fun no i guess that
0: that's fair but no i mean when i that that's certainly a great one that was one of mine for sure um i would not at all be surprised um at the 71 percent mark because i i feel pretty strongly about that again it's just you know yes of course there's a possibility but for the most part there are a handful of teams that you're going to be able to really pick on this year and, you know, the Eagles are in a division with two of them Mm -hmm. and, you know, the fact that they get four games against them really makes a difference. For me, you know, again, this is one where I think most people are going to look at the number and they're going to think the number's Pretty on, and that's the Packers over nine. Again, this is not a half, this is nine. So, again, part of my thinking here is if you hit the number when it's not a half and you push, you're fine. You haven't lost any money or anything like that. So, this is one of the ways that I like it, and I do expect them to go over. Now, I'm not I'm not going overboard with this one. I do have actual personal money on it. When I went to Vegas, this was one of the ones that I placed. Um, The schedule is certainly rough. I mean, you know, we've talked about the North. They get the Bears and the Vikings. They play the Eagles. They play the Cowboys. They play the Chiefs. They play the Chargers. It's not by any means an easy schedule, but, you know, the loss of Mike McCarthy is Basically worth like three wins at this point. I don't even know how Matt Lafleur is going to be as a coach, but I I don't really care more so even than the offense. Although the offense is something is that the defense. I mean, they were allowing 25 points per game last year, and they just added a heck of a lot to that defense. i have got Cedarius Smith and Preston Smith, Adrian. And they Imelis, cut Mike they...
1: Daniels for whatever reason.
0: Right, I, that was a little weird. I don't know, tags. Actually, I've been meaning to
1: talk to you about it. Do you have insight into why they did that? I don't. I, I think it was idiotic. And now he signs yeah. with your division rival. Like, way to go, dummies. Yeah, I mean, that was, didn't make any sense yeah. to me. None.
0: Yeah, no, it didn't to me either. But it doesn't change the fact that I still think, you know, and their draft with Rashawn Gary. And I, I really think that in the end, their defense is going to be so much better than last year. And more than that, I know Rodgers is getting up there. I just have this feeling, Tags. I think he's going to come out and he's going to go nuts because I think that he is so motivated to basically show that McCarthy was really the cause of the issue. Now, he was injured, of course, and he, he gets injured fairly regularly, but I think that this is going to be a ginormous year for Aaron Rodgers. Again, the schedule is tough. I completely agree, but I think with that defense sort of you know, getting so much better from last year and with Rodgers being motivated, And with Aaron Jones for the entire season, I really think that this is going to be a big year for them. And again, the way I look at this sort of thing is I don't mind placing a bet where I feel pretty confident we're going to win, but I feel really confident that it's not going to lose, you know, because I think the number nine is going to be hit. I don't see them as a 500 team. I think they're going to be above despite the division. Um, Of course, they can beat up on the Lions essentially for the reasons that you said. But for me, you know, I think nine is a good number. I know why it's set there, but I'm I feel pretty comfortable that they're going to get to 10 i um i
1: i wish i i wish i could root for you in this situation but i cannot um but i i don't know if i could the nine line i don't like if it was eight and a half and you want to say nine and seven okay I can't see ten wins in this division from them. I mean, yes, they have some talent on the defense um, now, but there's there's still a lot of young guys that are still somewhat unproven. Uh, you could say that you liked them as a prospect or you liked them uh, their potential, but they may never not all come together. Uh, the safeties are also a big question mark. Uh, again, they drafted they drafted some players in the defense, uh, which should help. But again, in that tough division, I don't I don't know why Matt Lafleur got a head coaching job. I mean, I'm going to be real honest about that. Like, I'm not saying that he won't turn out to be a good coach. He, he He could, but I just don't understand how he got that job. Like, did anybody watch the the Titans' offense last year? It wasn't good. And I know that people want to blame Marcus Mariota, and that's fine. I remember when people were blaming Jared Goff for for being bad under Jeff Fisher, and then like Sean McVay came in. That's where people are going wrong with Matt Lafleur is that they're believing that he had something to do with the Rams. No, he was under Sean McVay. He had the title of offensive coordinator, but he was not calling the plays. Sean McVay is always called the plays there. And then LaFleur, he just got too cute, like trying to do things like mixing and matching Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. And I thought he may have learned his lesson at the end of the season by, you know, like when you watch Derrick Henry, I know they had good game scripts in them, but he kept Derrick Henry on the field and good things happened because of it. And now that he got, went to Green Bay, I'm like, okay, he had to have learned, right? And anybody that's watched football knows that Aaron Jones is the best. Running back on that roster, and it's not even all that close. And Mike McCarthy was all about, oh, he's got a pass block, and this, and that. it's a bunch of garbage. Mike McCarthy was a terrible coach. Yeah, uh,
0: I really. I, that I want to ask you, tags. Legitimately, last year, how many coaches were worse than Mike
1: McCarthy? Um, no, no, it's not even just last year. Like I, so I came out with an article before last season. So it wasn't like it wasn't like oh, you just said that because they sucked. No, no, before last season, I came out with an article and I had McCarthy as a bottom. I think it was bottom six head coach in the league, and everybody's like, how are you going to say that they've been to the playoffs? Blah blah. I'm like, it's it's real easy to say that when you have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Like throughout your career, like you you you've literally been handed a gift on a silver platter and you've done nothing with it. Like Rodgers has one Super Bowl. That's pathetic.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, they were obviously talking about him possibly coming to the Jets, and so when we hired Gates, I was like doing cartwheels because, legitimately, I'm not a Gates fan, of course, but anybody was better for me than Mike McCarthy, and I think that's sort of my point. I don't really care that much about Matt Lafleur because I, I think, legitimately, addition by subtraction, getting rid of Mike McCarthy, even if you turn the offense over entirely to Rodgers and let him do what he wants, I just think, especially with the increased defense, you know, with, with how good they're going to be there. I really just expect this. They're going to, I think they're going to, you know, surpass expectations. I remember they do have a lot of tough games on their schedule, but, you know, they also play the East. They get the Giants. They get the Redskins. There are, they get the Raiders, you know, they, there's a ton of of really winnable games out there. And, you know, look, I mean, uh, neither one of us, m- my guess is you're probably going to come with me. I believe the Bears are set at eight, at the over-under eight, right? And what, they win 12 last year, uh, or are they nine? They were, nine, no, think, right? uh, oh, last year? No, no, no. This year they're not. Yeah, they're not this year okay and what do you think about that that sounds to me about right it's about right
1: yeah I, that's what yeah. I'm saying like them and I, I could see Minnesota being right there at nine ten ten wins like yeah. the, if the Bears or the Vikings won nine or ten games I would like that's that seems about right I just don't think that they can all win nine or ten games I think there's going to be one or two teams that disappoint and if, if there's one coach that I know that I don't like very much it's it's Matt LaFleur so far from what I've seen uh, because I just don't know if he's competent enough and granted he has what I consider to be the most talented quarterback of all time uh, the the football and that's the part of me that's like it really sucks because like Aaron, I've I've had Rodgers and Favre in my in the division with the Bears for such a long time and I appreciate the hell out of both those guys. Like uh, Brett Favre was a warrior, he was more of a gunslinger, but Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play the game, and I would love nothing more than Rodgers to like show the the world like I am an elite quarterback. Like what are you like? People are like so downplaying Aaron Rodgers this year. Like even in fantasy football, he's falling to like the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board this year, and I'm like. Do you guys forget who this guy is, like, just because of one bad year? And and by the way, we're calling it a bad year. He had 25 touchdowns and two interceptions.
0: Also, he was playing on one leg the whole year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's a, everybody's kind of forgetting that. And that is also sort of the point, and I agree with you. I mean, Rodgers, you know, we talk about best quarterback, you know, of all time, all the time. And there's the whole Brady thing, of course. But Rodgers is certainly... If, if not the best, but the most talented, maybe quarterback of all time. And he can do things with the football that, that really nobody else in the game can do. To me, man, I, look, again, part of it is anecdotal, and it really is. I mean, again, but I just feel like this is going to be the year. This is going to be a big year for them. And I agree. I'm not a Matt LaFleur fan, but it, it, I don't really care. I, I just think that things are going to be so much better for them. And again, I think Mike McCarthy has been a terrible coach. For a long time, Mm -hmm. as you said. And they were still, of course, a very successful football team. I mean, they didn't win they only won one Super Bowl, but they were a good team year after year. And I think Rodgers is enough to do that. Now backed with a good defense, I really think that they're going to get over the nine. And again, I really, to me, I, I could be wrong here, but I really just, I don't see them being a 500 football team. I see them at least getting to nine wins, which again, to me means fine. I'm safe. It's a push. Uh, no matter what happens after that, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: when you have an elite quarterback like him, a nine wins is well within reach for sure. It's just getting to that 10, that's a problem.
0: I, I think that that is a, a fair point, especially because again, I, I'm also bullish on the Vikings uh, and I'm not, I'm not bearish on the bears. Hey, that uh, works, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not probably, you know, I think the numbers probably right. I might go under for the eight wins, but we'll see. All right. So are there any other over unders that stuck out to you as something that you think would be enticing or were those really the, the three that caught your eye?
1: Those were the ones that were really big. Like, like I said, the giants, I would have taken the under on the giants. I, I also got down to the 49ers at seven and a half wins and I was like, Like, eh, I think I'd go the under on that. I mean, they had a bad day. They had a bad day today, Tags. I mean, if you, you know, McKinnon,
0: I don't know if you saw that, Uh, you know, sounds like he may need to go on the IR because they can't place him back on the PUP list. Um, He's dealing with some problems. Um, I think, uh, was, was it Jason Verrett? Um, yeah, Verrett,
1: He's. It, they're saying it's an ankle sprain, but they, I think they did sign someone in order to like at least have a body, and that's okay. that's terrible because they have zero depth at corner. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I was wondering. It's like you guys drafted a punter. What was it in the fourth round? And I was yeah. like, wait, you guys could have taken some cornerback depth. Like, what are you doing? Um, right. I felt like that's a roster that, I mean, their front seven got a lot better this offseason, so that's always a positive, but the back end is not good. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, we we still never play, seen him play over, uh, well over a, a, an entire season. Kyle Shanahan, while he was a great offensive coordinator, I think there's certain people in this life, like in this world, that are just destined to be coordinators rather than head coaches. And I'm not saying that Kyle Shanahan is one of those because he's had a lot of injuries to his key players, but... It's very possible, like think about it, Hugh Jackson was considered a really good offensive coordinator, and he was like one of the worst head coaches of all time. I, I just think certain guys would just handle the job so much better when they can focus just on their offense. I hope Kyle Shanahan's not one of those guys because I wanted to see him succeed in that role, but seven and a half wins... I mean when you have the Rams, the Seahawks, I mean, the Cardinals are whatever, they could be a surprise team this year if that offense yes, takes actually, off. Yeah,
0: actually, hold on. Hold on. Before that's exactly right. I I do want to ask you a little bit before, you know, we we start wrapping up here. I do want to ask you about some of the other teams. The Cardinals are at 5 games. Yep. What do you think about the over under on them?
1: I team? actually debated saying the over on the show and then I was looking at their schedule and I was going through to like pick out games and there was only like four that I could say like I for right. sure saw them winning. And but but the thing is is they they can surprise like absolutely I I feel like that's a team where they can catch teams by surprise you know they're they're playing Detroit week one and Detroit they can beat Detroit all right they play Baltimore in week two that's another that's a run-heavy team the Baltimore defense lost a lot of pieces this year I think they can potentially surprise Baltimore not saying they will win that game Carolina again that's a team that's rebuilding get like they've gotten a lot younger they should that should be a pretty good game between those two teams they have Cincinnati in that. So it's like if they get off to a little hot start, it's like they could build some momentum. I could see six and 10 for them 100%. Yep. But it's just, do I want to put money on it? Because I don't... I, I So when Kyler Murray was drafted number one overall, I didn't think that he... in a, In most draft classes, he would not have been number one overall. I think this is a weak class... Um, I'm not a huge Kyler Murray guy. I might be wrong on that, but what I saw in college was a guy that didn't anticipate his throws very much. He basically had, he bought time with his legs. He did have a good offensive line there. He had a receiver that can shake loose of any defender, Marquise Brown, if he bought some time. And he just waited till players were open too much. There was no anticipation, like in a route. And I don't know how that's going to work. I know Kingsbury, people are excited about it, and it might work. You know, the air raid offense, the four or five wide receiver sets, whatever you want to do. But, That's where it's like the whole Chip Kelly business where it's like, you know, nobody really knows what they're doing and they are going yeah. to th- they're not showing anything in the preseason from what we understand so right but Kel- you know kelly was successful when he first came in i mean exactly as much and as then you burn it wears out, off right? when teams catch up right and that, it that's do, but it took it took a year it, it took did. a couple of years that,
0: that's kind of how why I, I you know the way you have described your feeling on the cardinals is exactly how i feel because i really wanted to take the number over five i mean that is such a low number yeah you've already named a couple of normal games they also they played the giants I mean, they can beat the Bucks. You know, you, we really don't necessarily know what that's going to be. And they really can kind of surprise you. But it is, again, another one where I just said, I just can't do it because I just I don't <laughs> feel confident enough in what's going to go on. And again, the rest of the division, as you said, the 49ers, I, I kind of feel the same way as you do. But what I mean, look, the, the Seahawks are at eight and a half. Would you go over
1: or under them? Um, I'd probably say over. I mean, like they've lost so much on defense, but Pete Carroll just always gets it done. I mean, Wilson's never had a losing record,
0: right? right? He's always had nine wins or more, right? And again, we kind of expected the same thing last year. We expected that major decline. And the Legion of Boom's gone, the playoffs, and they still, right? still won nine games. I know. Now they've got no Doug Baldwin, you know, and, and no Earl Thomas and everything like that. But, you know, they just do it every year. So it's really tough to see them, especially in their home park. And I do want to say one because I can almost guarantee that we're going to disagree on this one. But what would you do with the Rams at 10 and a half?
1: Oh, again, I have to go under on that one. I, yeah. I, they... I'd
0: i go over. I'd go over. Honestly, it's, I don't feel super, super strongly about them. I don't necessarily expect them to win 13 games again. And, you know, in the end, it comes down a little bit to that's a giant number okay I mean as Mm -hmm. much as you're like well they won 13 11 wins is a giant number yeah just basically be like this is what's going to happen a hundred percent agree especially again in you know with having to face Seattle it's going to be good and you've got the question mark around Gurley's knee but I mean even last year man CJ Anderson like just you know just came off the street kind of and just rumbled for 167 yards against the cards and 132 against the 49ers and with cut back and you know they they I know they've lost in Dominic Sue and LaMarcus Joyner but they added Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle to me I just I just I kind of feel like they're gonna have another big season. You get another year from Goff. You've still got Wade Phillips on the defense, you've still got Aaron Donald. I, I kind of just feel like they're gonna go over. But again, this is one all of these um on the NFC West. They they're all where I feel like I have an opinion, but I can't really do it you know what i mean i can't pull the trigger on being like this is one that i feel confident in
1: yeah i i would i, I it's tough for me to say any team wins 11 games like i understand it's definitely possible losing dominican sue up front i I think that defense is the weak point i think that and it, and it's also it could be like we're in it for the long run type thing where it's like they've talked about resting Gurley and if they if they do that and, and you know daryl henderson isn't the player that they thought he was going to be or you know they they lose a step without Todd Gurley. Um that offensive line, they lost two starting offensive linemen this offseason. Um that's a problem. Like there there's things that are changing with that team and it just to me it's like 10 and 6 is cool but like 11 and 5 you're like oh man it's <laughs> you're like Seattle's going to beat you one of those games. You know you just know right. that's going to happen. It's like does Arizona eke out a win against them? And and I know that LA actually has a really easy schedule to uh, to start the year and then like it gets tougher at the end. So I don't know, man. It, it's just so tough to project somebody for... That's why I went New Orleans under 10.5 because I just can't, yes. I can't project them for 11.
0: No, I agree with that. Okay. How about we do this, Doug? Neither one of us is willing, of course, to put any actual money on this. So how about we make a little friendly wager then on over, under 10.5 for the Rams. I'll take the over, you take the under, and the loser can get something for the winner from Pristine Auction.
1: Sounds like a how deal. About?
0: OK, good. That actually leads me, which is good to our August contest, because I mean, look, if you've listened to Tags on the Fantasy Pros podcast, you've heard about Pristine Auction before. They're great. They auction off a ton of sports memorabilia. And if you are not familiar with them, you can probably go to Tags's house or my <laughs> house and you would see a ton of stuff because we love it there. Um, and at, we're going to do a little contest here involving Pristine Auction for August. And we are going to give away a full sized autographed Christian McCaffrey helmet. So all you need to do to be entered into the contest is to leave a review for the show on either iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. At the end of August, we're going to randomly choose a winner. And guys, understand this. This is literally the inaugural episode, which means absolutely nothing to tags, but is like the highlight of my life. You don't start a podcast with a ton of reviews that are already sitting there. I mean, if you guys go to leave a review, you might be one of the first 10 people to leave a review. So it's not as if there are hundreds of people right now who are going to be entering this contest. Go ahead, leave a review and screenshot it and send it to a contest at bettingpros.com. At the end of August, we are going to pick a winner. And if you are the winner, please make sure to at me on Twitter with a picture of the helmet because I kind of want to see it myself.
1: Yeah, I'm um, getting a free Christian McCaffrey helmet and like having like maybe like a one in 25 chance for like, come on. That that's what I'm saying, and I, I said
0: this, you know, I you know I I host, uh, you know, the leading off podcast for baseball, and that was sort of something that I wanted to stress because when you're a new podcast, you're not sitting there with a ton of reviews because you have just started. You can go ahead, leave a review and send it in, and right, it might be 25 people, it might be 50 people. It takes two seconds, and you can win an autographed Christian McCaffrey helmet. I mean, that's awesome. I'm out here, you know, obviously bidding to try to you know pay for signed memorabilia, and if you can win it for free. There's really no reason not to. So tags, I mean, I'm a little miffed because this was obviously not as important to you as it was to (laughs) me, but I, I really, I can't thank you enough Uh, for joining me today. You know basically about as much uh, about football as pretty much any person alive except Chad Pennington, who not only knows football, but also great hair, as I said. Um, But I really love getting your take. I I really hope that we can talk more this season. And again, uh, thanks for coming on and for probably being wrong on the Rams bet and giving me uh, something free from (laughs) Christine Auction.
1: It was my pleasure. And um, I look forward to you paying your end of the bet uh, at the end of the year.
0: Never going to happen, buddy. Well, before diving back into some other bets that we like for the season, for our next episode, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Dustin Gauker about the sports betting landscape generally, where we are, where we're headed, things like that. It's going to be a great show. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. I'll talk to you then.